Welcome to the Wise Idea Weekly Podcast with Christopher J. Harris. I am your host, Christopher J. Harris, and we are very honored that you tuned in to today's show. We are committed every single week to providing tools for inspiration and wisdom for life. We hope to inspire everyday people to live wise lives, and we want to provide strategies for hearts to be inspired and heads to be wise. It has been an amazing journey. As we've launched this podcast, got it off of the ground. And uh, in fact, we want to help you learn uh, how to integrate your faith with your life beyond just Sundays. Uh, We want to give you relevant, balanced, integrated, wise content that are centered on life and leadership, family and marriage and ministry. And uh, ultimately, we want you to live wise lives. Well, guess what, guys? We are back with part two of our interview, our conversation with the media guru, Phil Cook. Uh, Last episode, you were able to get a little peek into how he thinks and how he operates and just his insight on life and ministry and leadership and how to navigate change. A few years ago, as my book, my first book, Temporary Assignments, came out, uh, I had an opportunity to sit down with Phil and have this incredible conversation and thought that it would be absolutely amazing to share with you this interview because there'd be a lot that you could gain from it. Before we jump into the interview, I want to, of course, remind all of you to jump in with us on social media. Uh, It would mean a lot to us if you would share this podcast, the information, the tools, the strategies that you are receiving with your family and friends and your social media family as well. Of course, if you go to thewiseidea.net, you'll not only get this podcast, these episodes, but you'll also get so much more, so much more information and insight and tools and book recommendations and resources and all of that. And if you want to get that information and those updates right in your inbox, you can subscribe right there at thewiseidea.net. And uh, thank you so much for your comments, your feedback, and your questions that are being sent in. I want to invite you, of course, please continue to do that. And if you're listening to us for the first time, if you hear something that's said today that inspires you, allows the light bulb of your life to get turned on, then, of course, I would love to hear about those inspirational moments, those moments where you get an epiphany, those moments where you get inspired and encouraged to walk in another level of wisdom. So let's jump right in. Uh, you're going to hear now part two of our conversation with Phil Cook. That's incredible. So what's, what's, you know, you've been in this, you've been in the industry of media and all of that for uh, what, 35 years. Yeah. So, so At least. What, <laughs> what's, what's been the most surprising thing that you may have seen coming, but you didn't realize it was going to take off as fast as it did, or it took hold and, and it just, it, man, it, it accelerated. What's, what's been one of those things that just kind of blew your mind? Um, mega churches. You know what? When I was in college, I went to college with a lot of pa- guys who are now successful pastors. And my dad was a pastor, so I never really wanted to follow in those footsteps. I, I found out early on through media, I could reach far more people with one program than my dad reached in his entire lifetime. Wow. But I never envisioned how mega churches would explode the way they did. When I was in college, uh, there was just no such thing as those you know, churches of more than 1,000 or 2,000 people. That was just unheard of. 
And uh, I just didn't see that coming. Um, It's an interesting phenomenon that's just exploded. But um, it's one of the things that I did not see coming. And it took me by surprise. But, you know, obviously, we adapted to it really quickly. And uh, I've been helping churches navigate that world. But I'm thrilled that that many people want to come to church anywhere. So I I don't have any criticism. But it just, I was not expecting that to be so popular. Yeah. So I'm going I'm to take a little, little curve here sure. for a moment uh, just because of your expertise. Um, when we start talking about change and transition and, yeah. and all of that, um, you know, a lot of the folks that will probably watch this uh, here on YouTube or, or online somewhere, um, many of the folks that, that I'm connected with and that I follow, they've got online ministries. They've got, you know, media that's a part of their ministries. Um, what are some of the things that you see where folks in, in ministry particularly that, that they're doing in, in this year, in this time, in this century, if you would, that's just so behind still that, you know, it just kind of, it's, it's that thing that makes your hair stand on behind your head that you wish you could just pick up the phone, call them and say, please stop doing this now. What, what's, what's those two or three things on that list? And he's laughing because you're probably trying to figure out how to edit what you're thinking about, huh? Yeah. How do I get down to two or three things? That's a big question. Um, um, yeah, I think that um, I, I think we get hung up on really trivial stuff in churches today, really trivial stuff. I, I think, uh, well, you know, I, I, I met with a pastor recently who is still arguing over whether they should have drums in the worship service or not. And Are I, you I kidding? Said, you know, I think, yeah, I said, I think we crossed that bridge about 1970. And he said, no, not at our church. We're still arguing about having drums. Um, wow. I'll tell you something that's blowing me away out there is the popularity of live streaming. And this is something, I don't care if you're preaching to seven, you know, to 20 people, you can still live stream your service. I, I met a, I met a pastor in Oklahoma city recently who preaches to 700 people in his, in his sanctuary every Sunday, but he's got 10,000 people following him online on his live stream. And it's super cheap to do. It's not like you know, buying TV time, it's online and it's super cheap. So any pastor of any size could immediately expand his audience. And one thing we've discovered with our clients that we're helping do live streaming is that probably half the audience is international. They're coming from around the world. Hmm. And so if you want to immediately, you know, make a leap to having a global ministry, start live streaming your services. Every time you preach, I get out there and be, be live streaming that because you never know who would be interested in finding that and listening to your message? And plus, keep in mind how many people have gone through your, your church and maybe moved somewhere else and would love to you know, go back and hear what you have to say or college students that have gone away to college and want to check in on the church. So I, I say you know, live streaming is something that not enough pastors are thinking seriously about, and it's really taking off. We, in fact, we've got a couple of clients that are making as much, this will sound weird, but they're making as much as a third of their total income from their live stream audience. Yeah. I had one pastor yeah. call me a few months ago and say that that, that that Sunday, his income from his live stream, the offering from his live stream audience was higher than the offering from his church audience. And so if you make them feel like they're part of your church, part of your, your worship experience, people could be real excited and want to be a part of that. So I wish more pastors would get onto the understanding about live streaming. Another thing I would say real quickly, and I don't want to take up too much time, but social media, pastors are just not getting social media at all. You know, it's, it's so much more than just Twittering out a Bible verse once or twice a day. Uh, social media is social. And people, you know, I always tell pastors, particularly if you're a, 
successful pastor or, you know, relatively large church, people just can't call you up and have coffee with you whenever, whenever they want. You know, you're busy, you have a, you know, you're working on a lot of things, you're leading people, but through social media, you can give them a kind of an insider's glimpse of what your life is like behind the scenes. And so be so, I just talked to a ministry leader this morning and she would tweet scriptures or, or post on Instagram, a pic, you know, a scripture with a picture of a flower. You know, ah, ah, I, I love sharing, you know, the gospel, but nobody wants that. You know, read the Bible to get your scripture. On social media, you have a chance to engage with an audience, discuss mm. things, talk about things. Mm. So I would encourage pastors, don't just blow that off. It's, it's you know, it's, I've got 32, 32, I don't know, 32 or 33,000 people that follow me on Twitter. So I take that seriously. Those people want to hear what I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, I think that's important. So I, so I got to ask this, right? Um, you, you, you talked about the live streaming and I, I do, I agree with you. I think, yeah. I think 2016 was, was the year of live video. I mean, Periscope, yeah. um, you know, Facebook live. I mean, so many things that are out there. Would you, I'm just trying to think of how to say this in my mind. When I watch some people do Facebook live or Periscope though, with their sermons or their yeah. ministries and their churches, in my mind, though, I'm thinking some of them don't need to be on there. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, you're right. I agree. Can't argue with that. But by the same token, there's some guys that shouldn't be in the pulpit. Uh, there's no question about that, too. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather err on trying it out and failing than not trying at all. I got you. Know, you. I say dip your toe in the water. You might be nervous. If you don't know what to do, ask an 18-year-old in your congregation. You know, get some young people around you that can share a little bit about what's going on um, and get some advice from people who have been there. If you know other pastors that are doing it well, talk to them. Get some advice from them. Wow. Uh, call, you know, companies like ours or go, you can go to my blog at philcook.com and get a lot of advice about social media. Just search for social media. So there's some sources out there that would help, but you're right. So, <laughs> When it comes to live streaming, it'd probably be better if some didn't. But yeah. those are the guys, rather than telling them not to, I'd like to grab them by the throat and slap them around a little bit and teach them how to do it better. I, 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 that's, that's my goal in life is to, instead of saying don't do it, let me sit down with you and let's talk about how to do it better. So yeah. there you go. Well, awesome. Well, we're going we're gonna to start wrapping up here in just a moment. There's two more things I want to do um, really fast. Obviously, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your books. I know you've got three or four books that are out there as well. One of which uh, was was just absolutely incredible for me uh, to read. I actually had to. In, I ended up reading it twice. Uh, the second time, I read it a lot slower and, and almost ended up highlighting the whole book uh, and, and about your one thing. You know, um, it's an, just an yeah, one big book. thing. Yeah, your one big thing. So uh, before I talk about that, though, let me let me ask you. Um, what have been some areas of your own life where you felt like, man, I wish I had, had made that change sooner. I wish I had um, oh. learned, learned that lesson sooner. And, and it's maybe, maybe somebody told you about it, but you didn't hear it or you didn't receive it uh, or you didn't have the understanding and context to be able to embrace what they were saying sooner. Uh, let's, let's talk about that for a moment. You're reading my mail. Uh, when I was 36, I got fired from my job. And, um, you know, it was like I should have left about six or eight years earlier. But, um, you know, I read recently that the two most addictive substances in the world are heroin and a regular paycheck. 
and we get we get in this rut. We get a regular paycheck, and suddenly we got a good church we go to, or our kids are in good schools. We start thinking, well, you know, God, maybe what you called me to do after all is really this, and not to go to Hollywood, to not try to impact other ministries or make films or television or whatever. And so I kind of got sucked into this um, regular paycheck thing. And I, it was actually, I thank God that stepped in and finally fired me because I didn't have the nerve to leave and the guts to leave. And so um, sometimes, and, and, and I've discovered a lot of people are that way. Sometimes we just have to hit a wall. I often wow. think when we hit a wall and no, have no other option, that's the best thing that could have ever happened to us. You know, I look back 25 years later. And I think hitting that wall, getting fired was the best thing that ever happened to me because that's what it took to jolt me out of my rut and Joe. start thinking in a different way. Joe. Yeah, that's right. That's your book. Joe. Joe. That's right. so, I so, wrote a book about it. So uh, yeah. I, I think it's important. So, so, okay. So you get fired. You're, you're 36 years old. Do you have yeah. a family at the time? Yeah, I had two, do- two young daughters. Daughters, married, had two young daughters, right. and uh, we realized we were in the Midwest, and I realized I could not stay there and pursue a career in the media. There was nothing going on there outside of the, the, the one job I was in, and so we decided to move to L.A., and, um, you know, I immediately started talking to people. I, I suddenly got out of that shell, out of that bubble, started reaching out to people that I had met or known over the years, let them know that I was available. I'd st- I decided to go freelance and, and start my own little uh, business instead of going to work with somebody else. And um, I had to really put my nose to the grindstone and focus, focus, focus. And uh, it took about six months for the transition to happen, but we made our way to LA and we launched Cook Pictures, which is the company that we have now. And um, again, it was the best thing that ever happened, but it took a real jolt. So I tell people that are listening to this, you know, that thing you think that's the worst thing that ever happened to you. Believe me, in a few years, you'll look back and realize this was the best thing that ever happened because so often we need that, just that hitting the wall in order to, for God to get our attention and to refocus us in a different direction. So incredibly important. So that was the biggest change, big switch that happened for me. And it turned out to be fantastic. All right, guys, we'll be right back. I, I know, I know you are right in the middle of an incredible conversation and you were gleaning things from this incredible conversation that we're having currently. We'll get right back to it. I was enjoying myself as well, but I wanted to interject really quickly and just invite you. If you are listening to this podcast, that probably means that you are also on social media. Well, listen, I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. As a matter of fact, y'all, guess what? I'm also on Pinterest. I would love, 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 love to have you as a part of my tribe, my following, my connection, my social media family. And so if you're on any of those platforms, I'm at CJ Harris, O-N-E, CJ Harris, O-N-E. Would love to connect with you. So while this commercial is even going on, before we get back into the conversation, why don't you go online right now, pull your devices out, pull your computer out and hit the follow button, hit the friend request button, hit the engage button. And we'd be so glad to have you as a part of our social media following and family. Not only that, as you listen to this podcast, you may be hearing things that are insightful for you, uh, things that are being shared where the light bulb goes off. I would love to hear about those moments. Um, as a matter of fact, you may be listening and there may be questions that you have or things you'd like to share with us that you're hearing. And uh, either way, we'd love to hear from you. So please send us an email. The em- email address is info, I-N-F-O, 
at ChristopherJHarris.com. Again, that's info at ChristopherJHarris.com. Not only that, but lastly, if you have a project or a book or a platform that you'd like to promote or advertise with us, you're thinking that this would be a great audience for you to reach and and uh, connect with. We'd love to start a conversation with you about that. So please send us an email again at info at ChristopherJHarris.com. And in turn, we'll send you an information sheet and be glad to start that incredible conversation of partnership with you. With that said, guys, let's get right back into this amazing conversation that we're having. Be sure to pull your notes back out. It's going to be fun. Let's go. So so if you can, the Cliff Notes version or the elevator version, give me some quick insight. And those that are watching this, what what was life like in those six months? You said it took you about six months to kind of get established. What, yeah. t- tell me what was going on then. Tell me, tell me what, what life looked like marriage-wise, what it looked like for you as a dad. Now you're a, a freelancer, con- contractor. I mean, just talk about that for a yeah. moment. Give you a few thoughts. Uh, and I think this is important for anybody trying to launch out like that. Number one, make sure your spouse, your partner, uh, your, you know, whatever significant other is on the same page with you. Mm-hmm. I can tell you this, one of the biggest reasons marriages fall apart in Hollywood is because one wanted to come to Hollywood to pursue the dream and the other one didn't. I wow. met a guy the other day, he was, he was a screenwriter and he said, my wife and I decided to come to Hollywood. She gave me six months because she didn't want to come to Hollywood, but she said, look, let's go for six months try to make it as a screenwriter, do your best. And he said, six months up and I haven't gotten a job yet. And she wants to go back. And I find that all the time. If, if you're both not committed and on the same page, sooner or later, it's not going to work out. It's going to be very, it's either going to be your career you lose or your marriage that you lose. So number one, before you step out like that, make sure both of you are on the same page. That's incredibly, incredibly important. Wow. Because if that happens, you can accomplish just about anything. Uh, you know, no amount of suffering will, will matter. Um, and uh, we, we were able to get the word out in a big way. This was before social media, but I started picking up the phone and calling. You know, I just started calling. Fortunately, I had been able to do freelance jobs on the side for a number of years. So I knew ministries like uh, Joel Osteen's dad, John Osteen, and and. I called Joel. We started, he asked me to come down and help him. Joyce Meyer in St. Louis called me and uh, I started helping her rebrand her ministry. I got a, was able to do a project with a Billy Graham organization, uh, even some secular projects, Phillips Petroleum uh, in Bartlesville, Oklahoma called me and I did a number of video projects for them just to get going. And so you start reaching out to contacts, relationships, people you've known in the past, and uh, that's what you started. Now, something else is I started writing. And this is before my blog, but I started writing for industry magazines. They don't pay much, but they don't have a staff. And so they're always looking for people who write articles. So I started writing articles for television and film magazines about shooting internationally. I'd, sh- I'd done a lot of producing internationally about how to do this, how to do that. Suddenly, people started reading those articles and looking at me as like, I must be an expert. They didn't know the truth, but. They looked at me like an expert. So, uh, and then I started going to conferences and helping behind the scenes. And it was, a, it, was, it was a conference I was helping behind the scenes when one of the speakers, his flight was canceled. He couldn't make it. They all looked at me and said, hey, Phil, can you take his place? That was the first time I ever spoke at a conference. 
And so just by being at the conference, helping wow. out backstage, working behind the scenes, positioned me to be the guy that when something, when, when an opening happened, I was able to go and speak. And that started my career speaking at conferences and events and doing teaching. So I'll tell you, the thing I'd say more than anything is just be open to the possibilities. You know, don't put God in a box. Don't assume your career in Hollywood is going to work out this way. It certainly hasn't worked out the way I hoped or way I thought. My, my life has gone in a completely different direction. But I think it's gone in a good direction, a healthy direction. And uh, just because largely I've been open to the, you know, the weird possibilities that have happened. But trust me, they happen. And uh, so yeah. be encouraged. I think that... Um, I, I seriously encourage people in this, this economy to think about stepping out. It's, it's exhilarating and terrifying all at the same time, but um, you're working for yourself. I have many clients that I deal with, but I get to define my schedule, my pace, um, all those kind of things. And it's a great life. And I, I really am honored and very great, grateful for it. Last question that I have for I didn't you. I mean man. to go off on such a, no, trust me. I'm I'm Good. I'm eating all of this up. Um, what what does when 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 Phil Cook and his wife decides to run off into the sunset and uh, drink sweet tea on the beach and just hang out and they don't want to travel much anymore? What does what does Cook yeah. 2.0 look like? And what does the next generation and the next itineration of your work look like uh, when it comes time for you to, to kind of settle down and? do succession or do a handoff if you would what's that look like that's a great question and i'm we're going we're, we're asking those questions right now i, I think um I, I mean i don't know if i can afford to quit working i'll end up being a greeter at walmart maybe um but uh but um i a i do a job that i really love and right. i just cannot conceive of myself sitting on the beach all the time i would like to spend more time writing I, I do that's one of my great regrets that i don't have enough time to write as much as i'd like but um i don't know if i don't know that every job has to have a successor and every you know organization needs to move on to the next generation we may we may not okay. but um I, I have no intention of slowing down at this point and I'm thrilled to be able to do what I do. And at the end of the day, we have the satisfaction of we're not doing ketchup commercials or car commercials. We're doing work that helps the gospel be heard and seen by millions and millions of people around the world. And mm. ultimately if I could help a church or a ministry organization do that, I'm very, very happy. Very, very happy. Wow. That's incredible. So ladies and gentlemen, you have heard it from the horse's mouth uh, such wisdom, such insight, um, just, just amazing. Um, I want to, I want to beg you, I want to beg you, plead with you, um, please go online and I'm going to let him share all of his website and, and social media, uh, tags and all those things so that you guys can go and follow him. Um, I'm, I'm going to be very candid and honest with you all as you watch this. Um, I, I probably get maybe 150 emails a day. Um, and sometimes I don't get to all of them, but I promise you, I promise you that when I see that engage, inspire, and I'm forgetting the third one right now, but when I see that newsletter pop up, uh, that is one email that I always, always open up. There's not a lot of people that I can say that about, and I am never, ever, ever disappointed with the articles, the content, the perspective that's offered in there. I'm always challenged. I always grow. Uh, my wife probably is so tired of me forwarding that newsletter or forwarding an article that I got from Phil Cook. Um, and so when I told her the other day that I was interviewing Phil Cook, she was like, 
well, my God, are you, are you moving out to work for Cook Pictures? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, um, well, you're very kind, Christopher. You're very kind. Well, I, I, I thank you. I, I'm very honest. I'm, I'm not, I'm not making that up. Trust me when I tell you, because there's, there's some newsletters, uh, we're at the top of the year. And one of the things that I do at the end of every year is I purge, uh, some of my subscriptions. And so, uh, this past December, I'm very serious. This past December, I probably unsubscribed from about 40 different blogs. Um, I use Feedly. Um, are you familiar with Feedly? I use it too. Yeah. Love it. I love Feedly. And, um, you know, I literally just kind of start looking and saying, okay, which ones, which ones start accumulating because it just wasn't interesting anymore? Which ones started, you know, they, they started moving from uh, away from, you know, encouraging and inspiring content to sales pitches and all of the, you know, I just, once yeah. it starts getting to that point and it's not in, engaging for me and, and uplifting for me, I say, okay, unsubscribe. So um, how can people connect with you and follow you? Uh, my, I'm Phil Cook with an E, C-O-O-K-E, P-H-I-L-C-O-O-K-E. And my blog is philcook.com. And uh, my Twitter handle and my Instagram handles are both philcook, at philcook. And so that's the best way to go. My blog is kind of the, the hub, as you mentioned, of everything I do. So you can reach everything I do from my blog at philcook.com. And if you just Google Phil Cook, C-O-O-K-E, all that stuff will come up. And I'd encourage people. We get some interesting discussions on there and some interesting comments from people about different things. And um, I would say that if you really want to go to the next level in your life and understand how to use media to get your message, your dream out there, Come visit the blog because we're talking about that stuff on a regular basis. And uh, I'd encourage you to go check it out. And thank you very much for the kind words. That's very, very gracious of you. Well, uh, it's, it's the truth. I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say it if I, if I didn't, if I didn't believe it and, and if it wasn't true. So guys, we've been talking about temporary assignments for the last couple of weeks. Uh, today I had the, the amazing privilege to have Mr. Phil Cook on and uh, we didn't realize that the interview was going to go this long, but I thank you for your time. Uh, once time is gone, you don't get it back. And so I hope that this hasn't been a waste of your time. Guys, listen, go follow Phil Cook. Uh, plug in with him on Twitter, on Instagram. Follow his blog. You can subscribe right there. It's, it's one quick two-step easy. Go get my book, Temporary Assignments. You'll be blessed by it. Uh, wisdom for reinventing yeah. your life and pursuing your purpose. And uh, follow me on, on YouTube, follow me on Instagram, on Twitter. It's at CJ Harris, O-N-E, on all of those. And uh, I can't wait to have you a part of the conversation, a part of the tribe and the family. Wow, absolutely amazing. You just heard now part two of our amazing interview with Phil Cook. He's the founder, CEO of Cook Pictures in Burbank, California. They focus on media production and strategy and consulting and just so many other things that they help uh, companies and individuals and ministries do regarding media and branding. And of course, what he shared today and on this particular episode was so insightful also just for our lives. So very glad to have Phil Cook on with us and uh, for the insight and wisdom that he shared. Uh, if you did not get a chance to hear part two yet, you happen to jump in on this uh, podcast in, in episode part two of our interview with Phil Cook. I want to personally invite you to go back and look at episode one. Listen to episode one. You'll be so inspired, so encouraged, so reinvigorated uh, to live a wise life. 
I'm so excited to invite you to be a part of our next podcast. We've got an amazing guest that's going to be on with us, and uh, it's going to be so much fun um, as we continue to develop and evolve with our podcast and have amazing guests and speakers and consultants and pastors and leaders and CEO and business people and parents and husbands and wives on. It's just so, so, so fun to make these invitations and to create these conversations that we hope will be inspirational for you. As you know, our goal each week is to inspire you to live wise lives. And I hope today's episode, in fact, did that. Um, I would uh, be remiss if I uh, did not give you a personal invitation to go online to thewiseidea.net Check out the additional resources and information and other episodes. Share this podcast. Join the conversation on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And we'd love to have you as a part of our family. Of course, I'm not sure how you're listening to this, but if you are on iTunes, head over to iTunes and give us a rating and a review for other listeners to be able to find us. We'd love to also hear from you directly. Please send us an email to info at ChristopherJHarris.com. Again, that's info at ChristopherJHarris.com. Thank you again for joining us, and we will see you the next time. Remember, live wisely. The same was the principal thing.